What's up, Facebook Live? Hey, this is uh, Pastor Sean here. I'm jumping on to answer you guys' questions you sent in from last Sunday. And, um, man, you guys had a... You guys are throwing me curveballs. I was trying to trip me up. So, um, but, man, hope you guys are having a great, great Sunday. Um, man, sorry. I think my AirPods are connected. So, what's up? One person's on here. So, we are going to answer a question today. Um, that has to do with does God, how does God feel about war? And then we're gonna have a question about rules. So if you're not with us on Sundays, um, we're always, uh, jumping in to questions. And so we have some questions. I'm going to grab my AirPods while we're running around here. I'm outside of my beautiful day here. So, but yeah, jump on Steven. What's up, baby? How you doing, man? How's life treating you? You're supposed to be at work right now, you sinner. So, but how does God feel about our questions? I don't know if you There we go. So, here we go. How does God feel about war? So, somebody asked this question. It's been like a few weeks ago based on a, uh, a message we did. So, what do you guys think? How does God feel about war? Let's see. see we, What's up, Marco? Let's see. How does God feel about war? Is it worth throwing out there? What's up, Virginia? What do you guys think? Let's get some. Let's get some. Uh, oh yeah, you can see my trenches. This is what's called fun. I got some giant moles. It's kind of like Caddyshack out here. So uh, we're gonna go through. How does God feel about war? And then we're gonna talk about some rules and stuff. Somebody asked this week. So uh, I'll throw it out there. How does God feel about war? And uh, you know, it says in Exodus uh, that thou shalt not kill. So you hear a lot of times that we shouldn't go to war or that um, there's no, thing, no such thing as a just war, which there probably is no 100% just war. Um, but how, how, do we, how do we know God is for that, not clearly against that? And so uh, you find this throughout the Bible, but uh, God actually issues war in the Old Testament. You see it in Judges and Samuel. I mean, it's all over the place, which a lot of times people use, well, I don't believe in God, uh, is because why would God allow people to be killed? Why does God believe in murder? Um, but we live in a fallen world and there's a lot of evil in the world. And so if you look through this concept, um, the idea here is that Jesus actually is trying to protect other people by having a war. And so, um, the reality is you gotta look at the difference between killing and murder. And so if you think of like, if you go to, if somebody say you get a vehicle accident and somebody's killed, if you're negligent, it's vehicle manslaughter and, uh, it'd be considered a type of murder. But if you're protecting your family when somebody breaks in and they pull a gun and or whatever, and you protect your family and somebody gets killed, it's not considered a murder. And so it's just all about intention. And so imagine if Hitler was still ruling how many millions of people will be massacred or killed. You can think of so many instances. But the reality is there's no such thing as 100 percent just war. Uh, I think a lot of times I think God's against violence. I think God's against evil. And he'll use wars to help protect the world and um, help people. And so, you know, you think about murder, it's negligence, it's premeditated, ultimately it's selfish. Uh, you think about killing somebody, this is the idea that it's self-protection and it's here to protect somebody else. And so it's a totally different thing going on inside your heart. Um, and, you know, we live in a fallen world. We live under a government. We don't always agree um, about what's going on, but we're called to pray. 
And um, there's times to take up arms. There's times not to. Ecclesiastes, it says in Ecclesiastes 3, it's a time for love, there's time for hate, there's time for war, and time for peace. And so, yeah, it'd be hard to say, is this war from God? Is that war from God? Um, but God allows them. God also uses a death penalty. You find that um, way back in the Old Testament where Jesus issues in the death penalty or God issues death penalty in. And so um, it's a good question. Um, I think when you're kind of growing your faith and you're wondering how can God allow this or how, why would God offer this, I think that's a lot deeper question than um, than you're than you're really asking. And so ultimately, God is a, a righteous God. He's a good God. He loves us. He loves people. Um, but he does not allow evil to continue to, to, to rule. And um, so second question, what's up, Angela? So feel, feel free to jump on if you uh, got some comments here. I've got a few things. So the second question, this question is going to be fun to unpack. So kind of hang in there. Uh, somebody asked this, what rules separate us from God? What rules do leaders create that are similar to leaders of Jesus Day? I think they're talking about the Pharisees. And how are we today like the leaders of Jesus' time? So this person's kind of nailing us to the wall a little bit here about these rules. And I would say Christians, uh, Christian leadership, people, Christianity are really good at making rules. Uh, I grew up in a rule-type environment. And so uh, Christians will say something like, uh, you can say these things, but not these things. Uh, or, or you got to dress a certain way. Uh, I grew up, you, you couldn't wear a hat to church, or you could, but you might get in trouble. Uh, you got to say certain things. Uh, you've been to church. Uh, what are some rules you guys have seen Christians have or maybe people have around them? Anybody have a Bible version rule? I mean, I grew up, it was uh, KJV only, King James Version. That was the only one. Uh, I, Christians, this is a big one. Christians have this one all the time. Um, no drinking. It's a typical Christian stance. You see it all the time. Uh, uh, we don't believe in drinking. We don't believe in drinking. We don't believe in drinking. It's a, it's a, it's a rule. You know, the Bible says not to get drunk, but it doesn't say not to drink. And so what rules exist today? What are some rules you guys have seen? I don't know if you, uh, have a comment on that. I've got a, a few more. What rules? Hmm. Yeah. I kind of broke away from the rule type of church, but, um, yeah, there, there was rules about tattoos, uh, Jesus juice. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I know if you got a tattoo, you're going straight to heaven. I mean, hell, I mean, heaven, right? Uh, Jesus had a tattoo. He has a tattoo down his leg. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, man, or, uh, how to dress. Man, who could pray? Who could be on stage? Uh, I mean, it's all sorts of rules. Um, here's the thing about rules. If you think about the Pharisees, they wrote these rules with the intention to follow God. They didn't write these rules because they were trying to make people be legalistic or to conform. They, they wrote them because they actually thought they were doing something good. And uh, I would say just a note, rules aren't always bad. Um, you know, it's like a boundary. It's like a fence. It's uh, made to protect at times. But if you don't follow it, you know, no dancing. Oh, there's a good one. <laughs> I've got a really good joke, but I can't say on social media. <laughs> no dancing. Oh, man. Yeah, in the Baptist church, you can have the wedding there, but not the reception, right? Uh, okay, I'll stop. Um, but I would say the Bible never commands us to do things outside of his, outside his, outside the Scripture of God, and so rules uh, that God get, God gives always help us grow closer to Him. So we're not going to say, "Oh, shame, what's up, my baby? I saw your picture. All of the beautiful um, video games." Dude, this guy's a hustler. If you guys need any kind of video games, any anything in that realm, then Shane is the man. So, yes, 
takes it back to BBC. There are so many rules at BBC. Wear a suit, wear a tie. Oh, man. Yeah. No movies at all. Man, that's crazy. Um, anyway, but I'd say there's rules in the Bible, but they always help us follow God. So marriage, you know, uh, man, one woman, one man for one lifetime. That, that's a biblical command. I mean, that's that's in the Bible. That's not a, that's not a good suggestion, okay? Uh, loving others is a rule in the Bible. Uh, forgiveness. We forgive others as Christ forgave us. Uh, Equality is in the Bible where there's no respecters. God's not respecters of people. You're not special because you're wealthy or, or you're poor. Uh, divorce. God has rules in the Bible for divorce. Uh, sexuality. Uh, men and, and women. Uh, grace and mercy. There's all these rules listed in the Bible. Um, so they're not always bad, but they're given to help us direct us towards God. Um, but I will say this. Anytime you take a rule and you add something to the Bible, it can be potentially used as bad or good. Um, you can have an external rule that helps us follow God, but you can also have a rule that drives us away from God. So there's two extremes to this. So sometimes rules like you find at school districts or government or family can not be biblically based. So you might have rules you find uh, around abortion or gender, gender identification. Um, what, what's your preferred pronoun at school, right? Um, or at work. These rules aren't always the same. No movies. <laughs> they did not have at the movie series at Bible College. <laughs> I was a resident assistant and they want us to write people up if they went to a movie. I told my guys, I'm like, look, man, I don't care what you do. Just don't let me know about it. Like, I mean, what I just is ridiculous, you know, like just crazy. Um, but they could play Gears of War all night long, but they couldn't go to a movie. It's just funny. Um, but yeah, there's some rules. Like if you follow the rules given by the American government or maybe the a school or I mean, sometimes in your family, I mean, same-sex marriage, um, may, maybe, you know, <laughs> hey, it's okay as, we're, as long as you wear a condom, sex outside marriage. I mean, these are, there's no, like, law against these things, but there's, like, these rules, per se. And so I, I would say, like, some rules obviously, like, cross lines, and you shouldn't follow the rules because they don't follow biblical commands. But the other side is you can create rules to, like, protect yourself from sinning, per se. Like, you want to draw the line not the place of sin, but beforehand. And so, like, you have a personal preference, okay? It's what the Pharisees had, but they turn it into some laws. But you have a personal preference about what version you want to read the Bible or some other boundaries, uh, like, in, in ministry, like, not to be al alone with the opposite sex, you know? Um, you see so many pastors, so many leaders just fall uh, into, into temptation. I know some guys who don't have social media, so I'm watching this. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Um, Travis, <laughs> at the end of the school year at BBC, the guys would turn their tickets in me and told me how big a sinners they were. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but what are some personal preferences um, that people have that are rules? Maybe they create for themselves. You maybe see people have them. Uh, the Bible calls it the doctrine. Uh, what's up, Kristen? Of separation. So it's like uh, I'm going to draw a line, not the place. If you know, if you draw a line and you cross it and you jump into sin, you just back up a little bit for you personally. So these are preferences. So, you know, as Christians, you're like, man, I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to do it every day. And then it's like your own rule, right? And then you don't. And then you're, then you're bummed out and you're defeated because it became more about doing it than about enjoying it and about following God. Um, or maybe some people like, you're not going to watch certain shows, you know, like, I didn't watch Breaking Bad. I, I was like, man, I, I can I can probably watch other things, but I'm not saying it's a bad show. I don't know. I didn't see it, you know. Uh, but I know if you guys watched it, you're all addicts now, right? You're all crazy. No, that's not true. But you know, you, you just kind of pick the line where you would be, right? Um, or coming to church every week. That that would be like a that would 
that'd be like a rule for people. Like I want to go, but then if you miss, you're like, Oh, I feel terrible. Or you can be like other people who want to go, but go like 1%, you know? Um, or like, you know, my marriage is gonna be perfect, you know? And so on the outside, everybody thinks your marriage is beautiful. By the way, there is a law here. The more you post on social media about how awesome your marriage is, the more likely it's not that awesome. So it's just, it's just like a classic move. Like I, I swear people post about it. And the next thing I know they're getting divorced. So, um, or like you never struggle with kids. Here's a rule I saw growing up. Don't work on Sundays. I saw that the Sabbath is actually on Saturday, but they, they don't want you to work on Sundays. Um, which in ministry, I think we kind of work on Sundays, but, um, so what are some of the rules? Uh, social drinking, you know, you, you probably have a line, you know, what you do for drinking and whether you publicly drink or you, you're out there getting crazy. Um, you have a line, right? And here's what happens. You can create rules, but the rules, if you follow them just to follow them, become a burden. They become legalistic. So in essence, you're saying I'm trying to prove myself to myself or to God. I'm trying to be better by what I do on the outward appearance. I'm trying to earn God's grace or earn God's love, or I'm just trying to be somebody. Look how good I am because I'm doing these special things, right? And this is what the Pharisees did and, uh, in the Bible. These are like religious zealots, okay? Um, how about identity as being va- Yeah, I'm a va- Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you, you can basically say, hey, this is who I am because look, uh, look at this outward symbol I put up. Like I don't post about all this personal stuff because it doesn't matter either way if you, whatever, I'm on a tangent, but Pharisees. <laughs> so the Pharisees, they had all these rules, right? Um, they wrote, they wrote up rules because they were zealots. Like they were passionate about God and they didn't want anybody to sin. They, they wanted to, to follow everything God said. And so these rules are actually like, if you follow them with the right heart, they're probably really good. But if you have to follow them because you think it makes you better, then you're hundred percent wrong. And it's just called legalism. So they had 16 and 613 external rules. Okay. That they added on top of the Bible that they said, if you follow these rules, you're, you're going to be perfect because it keeps you away from really all the sin that, that God talks. Whoop, there we go. They're, they're, so they're great if you have the spirit of the law, but this is what Jesus says to the Pharisees. And you know, Jesus and the Pharisees, they really love each other. Um, Matthew 23 says this, what sorrow waits for you teachers of religious law. These are Pharisees. It says hypocrites for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside. Look at this with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity, all the things that they thought they weren't having. He says, I really look like religious people. So, hey, you look like the perfect religious leader, the perfect Christian, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy. And this is like the ultimate insult, lawlessness, the very thing that they are, you know, uh, lifting up, the law. And so what he's saying is there's two types of law. When you talk about rules, there's actually two types of rules. You have an outward rule, and then there's an inward rule. There's an inward law and an outward law. And so you have like the letter of the law, which would say, hey, uh, I'm just going to do things because I have to. How many times do I talk to people that say, well, I just go to church because the parents made me go? Or, you know, they want me to do this, so I do that. Like, it's just like, I just show up because of this, and I, you know, I just do my thing. And it's just literally like they're being forced to, it's just a rudimentary, religious, traditional routine. And there's nothing wrong with tradition with the right spirit. But if you just do it because you've always done it and you just feel obligated to do it, that's, you're missing the point. So there's like the letter of the law and then there's the spirit of the law, which was the spirit of the law. Like, why did God even give the law? Like, what's the point of all the rules? It's be, the point of the rules is that we love God and we love others. This is where all, everything hangs on. And so the question I have today, what makes you godly? What makes you godly? Is it outward obedience 
or inward transformation? What makes you godly? See, it's really not about rules. It doesn't matter either way. Like r- rules don't make you more godly or make you less godly. They just maybe help you. Uh, and if you try to force that on somebody else who isn't the same level as you, or the same maturity as you, maybe they're just new as a Christian and you're trying to get them to, you know, you know, cast out a demon and save their marriage and uh, fix their family and all this stuff. And it's like, man, you just need to get them in love with Jesus. And so it's so easy. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, rules are like religion. That's a good point, Chris. I like that. Um, Hold on, I'm trying to read this one. Victoria, let's see. Yeah, I see your post. I'll have to get back to you on that. But rules don't make you any better or any worse. Now, if it's a biblical rule, you should follow it. But if it's just a personal preference, which you see a lot, especially in the Christian world, it doesn't make you a better person or not. So here's the point. We love God so we obey his rules. We do not obey rules so we can earn God's love. It's so easy to get confused, like especially if you're in love with God and you want to prove yourself to him. You're like, man, I'll do anything. I'll be a missionary. I'm selling all my stuff. I'm going to I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to live the certain way. And we can go way too far on the extreme and in, in trying to um, trying to prove ourselves to God and not really embrace the grace of God. And so the rule, the rules aren't there to um, to, ba- to 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 make us somebody we're not. They're there to point us to God. Matter of fact, all of the Old Testament, those rules were given to show that we were in need of forgiveness. That's why, the, that's why the Old Testament is given, to show that we were not perfect. And so James goes on to say this. He says, faith without work is dead. Faith without works is dead. So if, if you have the rules and don't follow them, he's saying you're dead. So if you don't follow the rules, you're dead. What he's saying is, because it's kind of confusing, like, well, do I just do the rules? Well, no, no. It's, it's, it's works and faith. It says faith and works. Faith without works is dead. And so think about this. I'll read it to you, and then I'll kind of explain it this whole passage, James 2. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. And he says, show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. What he's saying is, your, your belief should match your behavior. If you believe in God, your life will be different. Your actions are your grace apologetic. And you don't live a certain way because you're trying to earn God. You live a certain way because you believe in God. And so out of the love you have for God, you are obedient to him. And so it's not about like how many times you check the box. It's, it's you're doing this out of a heart of gratitude, a heart of forgiveness, a heart of love, a heart of hope. And so it says in verse 19, you believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So it's not necessarily just about what you believe in your head. Like you can't say, oh, I believe in Jesus. And I believe all the Bible's true and never go to church and never pray. And never give to the mission and never serve God, never never ask God what to do with your life, but you believe in Jesus. This is the American Christian. But he says, even the demons believe and shudder. He says, You foolish people do not do you know what evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was our not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And so what he's saying is your your works, how you behave, maybe the rules you have follow yourself are evidence of your walk with God. And so you think about Abraham, I mean, he had faith in God, but he was ready to sacrifice his son on the altar. Like Lily took a knife out and ready to kill him as a sacrifice. And God says, no, 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 no. I know your faith is true. Like we have, we live out our faith. Faith is an action. It's not a, it's not just, oh, I believe it. 
No, your feet walk differently when you believe something. I mean, if, you, if, you, if I told you there was a million dollars buried in your backyard and you told me you believed it and didn't dig a hole, <laughs> come on, man. I'm telling you, 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 ha, you, you're called to live an action step of your faith. And that's what James is saying. And that's what rules drive us to do. But there, when we make our own rules, it's because we're trying to go closer to God, not just try to, you know, conformity, right? Religion. So he says this, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God as credit towards righteousness. Like Abraham's faith is what made him righteous. It wasn't because he followed the rules. And that's really important to understand because he took an Old Testament like patriarch and said he was made right with God because his faith. Now that's an incredible statement. And he says, and then God calls him a friend. You see that person's considered righteous by what they do, not just faith alone. Like there's an action step to your faith. Like even for, you know, when you start a relationship with Jesus, you you who confess with mouth and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead. There's an action step. It's not just a, um, a blind faith. And I, I, I always grew up as a Christian and I just feel like I'm good. No, 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 no. It, it, you're, you have faith in God. And so you confess your mouth. Like, dude, I believe in Jesus. Hey, look, Emery's here. What's up? Say hi. <laughs> She's the shy one. We'll see. It says in the same way, was not Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So here's the bottom line. You cannot dictate. You, you must have money buried. <laughs> I wish. I would have found it by now. I promise you. And then I wouldn't be digging this yard up. Um, here's the bottom line. You cannot dictate the heart of mankind. The government loves to do this. The government loves to dictate the heart of man. They want equality. They want everybody to be treated fair. They want everybody to love each other. They want everything to work out. And they do that by making more rules and litigation and laws. And it doesn't change anything. It, it just polarizes more people. Transformation happens at a conversation level. It happens not by the rule, but by the spirit of the law. Now, I can agree with the law, but you're not going to change anybody by writing a law. You have to actually, you know, have that conversation and, and change somebody's heart through transformation. So I would say this outward obedience is a weak substitute. It's often an idol in the Christian world of worshiping our ability instead of living by faith. Outward obedience. Like the more you look perfect, the less perfect you probably are. Like I don't know anybody who's that good. And like, and you see this all the time, like ministry leadership, pastors, you know, all sorts of people like they put this show on, like, it's like they've like their poop smells like roses. Like, like, like they, they don't have any problems in their life. There there's authenticity. There's transparency. Like we all have, we all have problems. We all have addictions. We all have struggles. We all have things in our life that separate us from God. And so the reality is, is that if we <laughs> act like we're strong, you still have glue on your hands. I do. I do have glue on my hands. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to wash that off. <laughs> we will. Emery's a big help today, by the way. So, aren't you a big help? Are you a big helper? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, but rules aren't necessarily evil. It just depends um, if it helps I you. Drink. You do. Uh -huh. Here, right here. But if, you, but it, it can help you. I mean, like there's certain rules out of my life that aren't found in the Bible. There's certain things I do that I've drawn that just the doctrine of separation. Like, hey, I'm not going to, just because I can, doesn't mean I should. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23. It says, I have the right to do anything. This is Paul talking. Like, legally, I can do whatever I want under grace. He says, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. 
Another words way of saying is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Like, you can buy a bigger house, but should you? Maybe. I mean, if it makes sense financially and, and for your dreams and where you've been, yeah, go ahead. If you don't have the money, it doesn't fit into God's call in your life, then don't do it. Um, you know, it's legal to smoke weed. Should you, I'll leave it up to you. I'm not, I don't live in Colorado. So, you know, there it is. Um, you can go by a different pronoun if you want to. I mean, you can, um, you know, you can call yourself whatever. I've heard every story in the book lately about that. Um, but should you do that? Um, you can work a hundred hours a week. You can work 80 hours a week. You can be really unhealthy with your family and, and not be there. Now there's a season for everything. So maybe there's a season Dave Ramsey says, no, that's funny. <laughs> it's true. But Dave Ramsey owns a big house because he has a lot of money. Um, but you can work 80 hours a week and not spend time with your family uh, just to follow the American dream. But, but should you? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there's not a season for that, but it just can't be week in, week out. Um, you know, you can legally yell at your kids, but should you? Um, or, hey, there's no rules against this, but we all know you should be in church. You can miss church 95% of the time, but should you miss church 95% of the time? Probably not. You know, like if you're committed, you, you make decisions. Um, you can you can decide to make a lot of money with your life if that's your dream, but but should you? Because that'd be the number one deciding factor when you take a job or what you do with the rest of your life because life is super short. Um, you can get divorced, but should you? I mean, should you get divorced? And it's all, there's different circumstances and you got to follow God's word. And it's, it's, it's convoluted sometimes. It's difficult, but, but should you, um, you can have sex outside marriage. You, you can do that. Um, but should you, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no law against it per se. Right. Um, outside the Bible in the Bible there is right. And so, but anyway, God's given us all these rules. Why do you give the rules? Um, well, ultimately because he wants us to love him and love others. Anytime we add rules on top of, the, of God's word, depending on your maturity and depending on the rule itself, it could be good or really bad. So it's a really interesting question. I didn't think I was going to enjoy that question. Thank you for being a realist. I love you. Who said that? Mike. Yeah. We're, we're just going to call it as we see it. You know, it just, sometimes it's just, a. Uh, there's no such thing as the spiritual and the secular. We like to act like church and following God. It is like its own special thing we do on a Sunday or that special spiritual time we have. But the reality is, the Bible says whether you eat or drink, you do all to the glory of God. So whether you're going to pick up garbage behind a garbage truck as a trash man, you pick up that garbage like it's Jesus's trash and you put it in the trash. If you're roofing a house, you roof the house like it's for Jesus. If you take a drink of water, just right here, and you're doing it for God's glory, you do everything for God's glory. And so God affects everything in our life. The gospel affects our family. It affects our career. It affects what's on our heart. It affects how we raise our children. I <laughs> love you, Emery. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the questions. That's all the questions we had for the day. Um, that probably is the last part of the series for questions, but she, she is singing now. Um, but this Sunday, I'll encourage you guys, come on out. We are celebrating our fourth birthday at Real Life Church. Um, the question that we ask is follows you. Does this bring glory to God? If not, then stop. Dude, there you go. Come on. Just missed it. Brian, I love you. Johnny, that is the basic question. Does this bring glory to God? Is this, is God in this? That'll change everything about how we spend our money, how we pray, how we love people, what we do, and what we decide. You know, there's a lot of things I do in my life that would never preach on a Sunday or tell somebody personally to do their life, do on their life. 
Like, I wouldn't go tell somebody, oh, you need to read the Bible every day. You need to go through this devotion. Um, you need to pray. You need, you, you need to treat your wife like this. I, I wouldn't go out and say that. I mean, maybe in a personal conversation or like, this is how you spend your money. Or I don't, we don't tell people how to, what to give at church. We tell people to give as God leads them because God's the one working in their life. And so when you give honor to God, there you go. What's up, baby? She, you know, I'm missing my better half today. So anyway, I'm rambling on. Uh, appreciate you guys and uh, feel free. Come out Sunday, bring family and friends. It'd be awesome. Fourth birthday. Love you. Thanks for jumping on here. Have a great, great week. Bye-bye. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.